somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, over the weekend, uh, or Friday, uh, the Washington Post came out with a new poll that has President Trump up 10 points. 10 points. And what's interesting about that is I mean, that's a that's huge. So Washington Post is trying to debunk their own poll by saying it's an outlier. Um, there's other reports that say Trump's up 13 points over Biden. And all Fox News wants to do is now push Nikki Haley, who's up over Biden by five points. Because they've given up on DeSantis. DeSantis, is, is his campaign is just a train wreck. Worst political mistake I think I've ever seen is Ron DeSantis running against Trump. It was a bad move. And now, I don't think it's very likely that Ron DeSantis will ever be president he tied himself to the hitch of Paul Ryan and Carl Rove. And we have seen what has happened with Carl Rove and Paul Ryan. They've been outed as pure Democrats now. I mean, that's what they're talking about with regard to the Ken Paxton thing. When you hear Ken Paxton and Tucker in their interview, which I'm going to play one day this week, the whole in its entirety, I'm going to play one day this week. Pretty sure, unless there's breaking news, I'm going to go ahead and just hit the play button, and we're going to listen to the whole thing, because, like I said last week, it's just something that I think needs to be heard. It's one of the best, but. Here we are. I mean, Coral Rove has been completely outed. And then Kevin McCarthy and Frank Luntz, 
you know, they're, they've been in bed with the global corporate structure for years. That's what, that's what the whole Bush world is all about. Bush's global, that's what globalism is all about. Globalism is all about corporate power. It has nothing to do, well, and it doesn't have nothing to do. It has a lot to do with a lot of things, but corporate power, corporate structure. That's what the Bushes have all always been about. That's what the politics, the corrupt corruption in, in Washington has always been about. It's always been about corporate power. Because the corporations get away with not having to hold true to the constitutional restrictions or requirements or freedoms or civil liberties, you know, liberty, justice, the pursuit of happiness, the whole thing. Corporations have their own set of rules. Oh, they're a private corporation. So governments have been hiding behind these global, you know, these government corporate, these global corporations for for a long time. And so what we're seeing is the unveiling of this in the post-Trump world. The post-Trump world, the Trump world, the fake news world, everything we learned post-Trump. Everything we learn because of Trump, like fake news, it never looks so fake as it looks today. So whatever Trump did had huge ramifications against the deep state. The deep state that was using the fake news and corporate monies. And now we have the intelligence we have the State Department that used to look so diplomatic and now they look like a bunch of libtards and buffoons and academics. They really don't know what they're doing. We always thought that they did. We, we thought that these anchormen, Peter Jennings and Tom Brokaw and, and Walter Cronkite and even uh uh, the guy from CBS. Um, we thought that they were all legit because they got their chops back in the 60s and they groomed their way, worked their way to the top. Ed Asner, right? I think is his name. And um, all of these people we held in high esteem because the news was all about integrity, all about journalism. We even gave them protections about human sources. But it would turn out that the sources were all fake and BS. So what gives? You know, we know now what the, what, what the game is. But is it too late? Because they know that we know that they know that we know. And at some point, they're just basically now saying, you're with us or you're without us. And something I read over the weekend was basically about the Great Reset. And these these uh, there's like 20 different leaders of different countries. And they're basically saying 
you're either on this great reset and you're going to, you know, it's going to be basically Armageddon. We are going to go ahead and lift the veil. We're going to create the tyranny. We're going to execute our will. And you're going to expose yourself as the criminals that you are in order to win this war against the people. And at some point, you got to believe them and you got to also realize that we are financing their army in Ukraine and elsewhere. Zelensky was over in the uh, capital and then he went up to Canada. And a lot of people are aware. I mean, we are woke. Talk about woke. It's not the woke aren't woke. The woke are not woke. And so Trudeau and Zelensky were walking somewhere. They they walked out of a building and to a car or whatever. And they were getting booed. And they had a standing ovation, I think it was in the Canadian Parliament, where they honored a Canadian and not, uh, he was like 98 years old, a Canadian soldier from World War II who basically defended the Nazis. And and, and he was a Ukrainian, I, I think it was, a Ukrainian soldier that defended the Nazis against Russia. And he was honored, cheered, and he literally persecuted and, and murdered the uh, the Jews in World War II. So how do you like that? I mean, and then uh, Zelensky was asked by Brett Baer about the Azov Battalion. And all Zelensky could say was, well, Azov is not a, uh, not a, not a, not a Nazi battalion anymore. They've joined the Ukrainian military. So they're all one and the same. And of course, <laughs> then the whole Ukrainian military is Nazi. If they're willing to take in these Nazis and make them part of the Ukrainian military, then you have Germany that bombed Crimea over the week, uh, last few days which puts NATO in direct conflict with Russia, and Russia is promising to retaliate. So we're on the precipice of World War Three, I guess. It's getting crazy out there. Other news, Democrat Senator Robert Menendez allegedly accepted bribes in the form of gold bars and, and is now under investigation. He's been one of the most corrupt politicians you could ever shake a stick at and why he's still in power is unbelievable why jerseyites vote for this guy is insane but now even ocasio cortez is calling for him to resign but he's a jersey a jersey senator new jersey and about 15 years ago, he was involved with corruption. Some doctor off in the Bahamas and stuff like that. 
I mean, this Bob Menendez is just dirty as they come. And yet he had the nerve to give a speech on the floor and basically trash Donald Trump's integrity. That's what makes that so interesting. So, yeah, I wanted to find that clip, but um, I got a lot of clips uh, today, too, and we're going to get to that. But um, we, we're we going to be talking about globalism, and we're going to be talking about uh, the Great Reset and what's happening right now, because we're in an all-out war, and it's not the war between Ukraine and Russia. It's a war between the middle class, God-fearing Christians that want to raise a family on a level playing field. And then you, you have the Klaus Schwab disciples and this corporate power takeover. And it's it's one of these things where they're lifting the veil and they're basically saying the Great Reset involves people like Larry Fink and BlackRock and all the multinational corporations that are owned and controlled by these shareholders and stakeholders. And see, where the war is waged and lodged and where it could be won is that even though BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street own an average, let's just say on average, 15% of the of over of about 90% of the multinational corporations that are the biggest corporations in the world. And even though they own the largest stake in 90% of the biggest companies in the world. And that would be around 15%. That's the sweet spot. And th- this is not unplanned. This was definitely coordinated. They get a power seat on the board of every one of these corporations and they sway the politics because their money can sink a corporation, by pulling their money, they can overnight put a business out of business. So then the business knows it. It's an Achilles heel. That's not capitalism. That's a monopoly, and that was, that was gained by corrupt, corrupt uh, integration with politics. You cannot get that kind of power and leverage without corruption in politics, in government. Because the government gets to choose who gets the monopoly. And with a monopoly, you could pretty much steamroll over anything. Legally. And that is the play, that is the mastermind play that was started in the early 1970s, with people like Henry Kissinger pushing the, the the envelope on that. Because the Rockefellers and the Kissingers and the Klaus Schwabs, you know, were all part and parcel of this. 
they even go as far as to say um, there was introductions made. The Rockefellers sort of introduced Kissinger and Klaus Schwab, and they were once young leaders of a globalist utopia or effort. And then Herbert Walker Bush, a CIA sycophant and someone who probably was involved in the murder of the JFK and, and uh, you know, he was basically uh, a spook, a deep stater, became vice president under Reagan, who was probably not. And you wonder why in the world would Reagan ever choose Herbert Walker Bush, whose chief by the way, <clears throat> Herbert Walker Bush's chief campaign manager was Stefan Halper, who was involved in the Russian hoax scheme and lives in Fairfax, Virginia right now. They call him the walrus. And you weren't allowed to utter his name in the lead up to the, uh, in 2015-16 when that all was going on. And Boris Johnson was the Foreign Services guy uh, for the UK. And there was uh, GCHQ and the whole intelligence apparatus in the UK and the Five Eyes partners all engaging in an effort to oust Trump. Well, Stefan Halper was the chief campaign guy for the loser at the time, which was in the 1980 election in the Republican primary, and that was Herbert Walker Bush. He lost to Reagan. And somehow Reagan, they couldn't have been any further different. And somehow Reagan worked his way into it. I mean, Reagan um, ended up, you know, selecting Herbert Walker Bush and you wonder why Reagan would do that. I think it was coercion. In 63 or 69 days into Pre- President Reagan's first term, he was shot with a gun, with a bullet, and almost died. An assassination attempt. And you wonder, who was involved? You just wonder. Because, you know, Although Lyndon B. Johnson wasn't quite the... He was a deep stater, too. He was military-industrial complex. But there was a lot of foreign diplomacy going on elsewhere, too, with leverage over China and other places. And so when you think about these deep state spooks, you think about their connections with the military-industrial complex and private industry in the 70s and into the 80s. And this is when Klaus Schwab was also exploiting all of this stuff. And the World Economic Forum was forged in 1971. And there's a lot of things happening there. And, and it just brings us to where we are today. And they can't handle another Reagan or a Trump because it disrupts their progress. And so they can't handle it. And so they're the ones that seed the, sow the seeds of, uh, sow the seeds of um, 
corruption and scandal and disinformation. All right, well, I have what I was looking for um, about Menendez. So here, flashback. While Democrat Senator Bob Menendez was slandering Trump in 2019 for being a Russian agent, he himself, okay, that was that was in 19, not 15, was working on behalf of Egypt's government. They are always doing what they accuse others of. In February of 2019, Menendez expressed his concerns about then-President Trump being compromised by Russia on the Senate floor. During the same time, Menendez was allegedly working on behalf of Egypt's government. You know the one where Mubarak was the leader of Egypt until Obama came into town. He overthrew Mubarak because that was a northern African country that was blocking Iraqi oil from going into Africa. That was blocking um, shipments coming out of Africa uh, for in the name of gold and and cobalt and and and. Uh, getting in the way of things, trying to secure their own wealth and keep it in country. But, you know, Libya, Benghazi, right? It was a shipping town, Benghazi. You know, like Ambassador, there's a lot of stuff going around on social media right now about Ambassador Stevens, who was murdered. They wanted him gone because he knew about the gun running and human trafficking that was going on with regard to the terrorist groups that were strategically controlling the areas. And so when Obama came in, the first speech Obama gave in his presidency was in Cairo. And he apologized for America and he talked about the Arab Spring. We forget all this stuff, don't we? But um, Egypt is, uh, you know, again, the Palestinians, Egypt who they overthrew Mubarak and put in Morrissey, Muslim Brotherhood. And they wanted that booty from Iraq that was left behind by the Bushes. And they wanted to secure all that oil and send it up into Europe with their European partners and make a lot of money and advance their globalist agenda. And they also wanted to send it down into Africa to trade for gold, which is where we get with Menendez here, and trade for cobalt and trade for nickel and trade for human trafficking and all kinds of things. So Menendez's wife, Nadine, was then put on a payroll for a business belonging to Egypt-born businessman, well, Wael Hanna. In exchange, Hanna, uh, the uh, Egypt businessman, Put, uh, put Nadine Mendez, Menendez on the payroll of the company he controlled that had the exclusive right to certify halal meat shipping shipped from the United States to Egypt. So Menendez later sought to persuade the U.S. Department of Agriculture to not take any action to interfere with the company's monopoly status. Again, this is the kind of monopoly we're talking about. This is the kind of corruption that, that's that been happening. 
that is empowered and made rich a lot of these companies this is that corporate takeover of politics and setting forth foreign policy and advancing political agenda and while he was doing all this this is what he had to say about trump we need to know the facts not the na- not the latest spin dropped by rudy giuliani the facts the american people deserve to know who they elected to be their president they deserve to know if he's in fact putting america's interests first and they deserve to know if donald trump is wittingly or unwittingly an agent for the russian federation Congress must carry out its constitutional duty to fully and thoroughly investigate where the facts lead. That's why we must protect the integrity of all oversight efforts, including the objective, sober investigation still being conducted by Robert Mueller. And it's why we must push for his final report to be made public to the American people. Guys, about as corrupt as the day is long. And he had the nerve to say all that. We got our Treasury uh, Secretary Janet Yellen claims U.S. taxpayers have duty to defend Ukraine's border from invasion. We have a duty, according to Janet Yellen, who bows to the Chinese. You got John Kerry lying through his teeth. Let's take a listen to John Kerry. And we can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture this front and center is part of the solution. But with a growing population on the planet, we just crossed the threshold of 8 billion fellow citizens around the world. We just crossed that in this last year. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today. A two-degree future could result in an additional 600 million people not getting enough to eat. And you just can't continue to both warm the planet while also expecting to feed it. Doesn't work. So we have to reduce emissions from the food system to keep the 1.5 degrees alive. Why do we have to keep 1.5 degrees alive? Because scientists, as a basis of physics and mathematics, not ideology and politics or party labels or anything else. Trust the science, he's saying. of physics and mathematics. Trust the science. And some biology and chemistry have told us these are the consequences. And we already see it happening. And almost everything they've predicted for 30 plus years now is coming true. But the problem is it's coming true faster and bigger than was in fact predicted. So that is total disinformation. They're creating a food crisis in the name of solving a climate crisis that does not exist. Every farmer and rancher in America should be aware they're coming for for you and your land and your animals. You may think that will never happen. You would be wrong. And there will be no food for the masses, yet here we sit in silence. So, wide awake... uh, Media says climate grifter extraordinaire John Kerry, the farming industry must be destroyed in order to achieve net zero. Agriculture contributes about 33% of all emissions of the world, and we can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done. So he basically said that. We just heard it. But 
The thing is, is that CO2 is actually good for you, not bad for you. And not only that, but when was the last time? I mean, we got him on audio tape in 2007, 8, and 9, saying the ice caps would be melted, that certain areas of the world would be flooded. Yet all of his cronies, like Obama, keep buying waterfront properties, like Oprah, in Hawaii. Everybody wants to build up Hawaii in a smart city or this and that, taking your land. And that's the other thing, too, is they're confiscating your land. Think about this. In 9-11, when 9-11 happened, probably the most expensive plot of real estate in the world was probably Ground Zero, where the World Trade Center and the Wall Street met. Had to have been maybe the most expensive square footage you could ever imagine in the world. And what did the government do as a solution to 9-11? Instead of just building the two buildings back up again and showing the world that we're back, they built some obscure building that you can't even recognize. It looks like any other glass building. It's not inspiring at all. It was just one of a thousand buildings that look just like it in the world. Instead of building the world, the Twin Towers that were so unique, there was nothing ever like it. That'd be the first mistake. The second mistake is they built a memorial. And they built this memorial. Why? They want to do the same thing in Lahaina. They want to build a memorial. What does the memorial do? Any, any, any guesses? I mean, the memorial is just basically a government saying, this is our land now. So the memorial now belongs to the city or the state of New York or the federal government, however it was financed and funded and written up. But it does not belong to the people. As a private citizen, you can't buy that land and build on it now. It does not belong to you. And so therefore... You know, the more, you know, you start a war, you enrich your uh, friends in the military industrial complex. You start an energy crisis and you enrich your friends in the environmentally uh, electric vehicle. And you start a food crisis and, you, you know, you, you enhance a whole bunch of cronies, synthetic foods and and you eat bugs. That's what they're trying to do. And they get they take your land by creating this food crisis. This is uh this is just a way to take your land. And another is these memorials, these tragedies, setting acres of a land on fire, and then saying it's too dangerous to live here. You can't live here because it'll hurt you. We're we're the government. We're here to help. Remember Reagan said that? He said the seven most dangerous words in the English dictionary are, hey, hi, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. No, thank you. Apparently in 1989, the American Medical Association stated in their Encyclopedia of Medicine textbook 
that coronavirus was, get this, a common cold. You know, it was on the back of a Lysol bottle. Lysol takes takes care of coronavirus. Listen to this. This is another takeover. Secretary Cordona, the education secretary, I think he's education secretary, um, openly dismissed thousands of American parents who have been speaking out at school board meetings. And here's what he had to say. There was civility. We could disagree. We could have healthy conversations um, around what's best for kids. I respect differences of opinion. I don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public and then acting as if they know what's right for kids. There was Define misbehaving, Secretary Cordona. What is misbehaving? Saying that you don't want your children reading sexual, being exposed to sexual books at the age of eight? I mean, who is he to tell me what misbehaving is? All right, so here's a couple of um, warning shots across the bow with respect to... Um, the World Economic Forum and warning shots that we need to heed. Before we get there, the U.S. government has banned Tucker Carlson from interviewing Vladimir Putin. He says, you know, I tried to interview Putin and the American government stopped me. What we can't hear, what? We can't hear Putin's uh, voice? Why? Nobody voted on this issue. Carlson said in an interview with the Swiss magazine, uh, die Walsh, die Walsh. He emphasized that the American authorities have been controlling all media for several decades and citizens do not know the true state of affairs. Of course, we don't live in a free society anymore. So how is it appropriate for independent Jack Smith's office to attend court proceedings of a J6 defendant where Judge Chuckin is presiding and attend jury selection for Peter Navarro's trial. So again, more corruption in our judicial system. And then you have the WHO, the World Health Organization, taking over. We're going to listen to this warning first. We're undergoing a soft coup. And the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate in the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently Um, embedded in the IHRs, will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be subject, if, if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, which the organization CEPI is planning to do, 
And one of the people who founded CEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO to bring this forward. Um, other things that, uh, that amendments do is to bind the state so they are no longer recommendations but enforceable edicts. Uh, provide a liability shield, get rid of intellectual property rights, move supplies from one country to another, um, enforce digital passports, and the Director General of WHO can demand that a pandemic or a potential pandemic exists. He can just declare it with no standards, and then countries around the world will have to obey. Uh, also, the WHO will tell you what drugs you can and can't use in your nation once a pandemic is declared. Obviously, the budget will increase. Um, One Health is another part of this. One Health is a concept that was created to enable the WHO, with these documents, to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change, animals, plants, water systems, ecosystems are all central to health. Also embedded in this concept is a peculiar notion that humans are no longer of greater value than animals. Right. That, that is so uh, on point. And that was in the European Parliament. Take a listen to Ned Ryan. You'll love this. This is amazing. You pay attention to the, the words he speaks. COVID. Do I have this wrong? No, you have it correct. I mean, first of all, we have to accept that the World Economic Forum is a fanatical political organization that uses fear and manipulation like COVID hysteria, like the hoax of global warming, to really facilitate people thinking that somehow they're the saviors, but really all you're doing is helping them accomplish their goal, which really is a global public-private fascist movement and fusion of big government, big tech, big money, to create a technocratic ruling elite, which conveniently is them. And and really, Laura, if you want to look at a different way, too, with the World Economic Forum, they want to create feudalism 2.0, in which we are serfs and they are the lords ruling over us. You'll you'll have nothing and be happy is one of the, the things that comes out of Davos. That's what they're aiming for. They're aiming for feudalism in which we are serfs and and we should be happy that they are, are ruling over us. Yeah, I mean, to, and when he says technocratic, that, he's not kidding. Um, this is uh, Klaus Schwab. Take a listen to this explanation. Our overlords at the World Economic Forum, we speak about them all the time here, they are still keen on transforming the world in their image via the Great Reset and the grandly titled Fourth Industrial Revolution. And I have to say, they sound somewhat buoyant over how things are progressing thus far. See, right now, the WF are providing a platform for those pushing a My Carbon initiative. And, okay, they'll describe it differently, but... In my words, it's essentially a personal carbon social credit system that will track everything you do, everything you buy, everything you eat. It's like Big Brother. Now, to understand why the WF are so happy, I'm going to quote directly from their website. Here it goes. COVID-19 was a test of social responsibility. A huge number of unimaginable restrictions for public health were adopted by billions of citizens across the world. 
There were numerous examples globally of maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccinations, and acceptance of contract tracing applications for public health, which demonstrated the core of individual social responsibility. That's the WF's words. And why wouldn't they be encouraged by that? I mean, the world accepted unimaginable restrictions with nary a whimper. Imagine, just imagine how that is going to embolden their next PSYOPs projects as they attempt to enslave us all. And they're also boasting about their fourth industrial revolution. It's making progress, apparently. And they're using blockchain technology, likely, which will be integrated with central bank digital currencies, to keep track of everything we do. But it's all to save the planet, of course. That's why, you see, they advocate increased costs for carbon-intensive activities. Now, these activities are things like transport, construction, electricity and the like. And they also want to reduce demand for certain, quote, unspecified things. But I'm guessing they mean the important stuff that I just discussed that really builds a civilised society. But, of course, it could also include, say, meat, air travel, how many children you can have. I mean, who knows how far they want to take this demand reduction in the name of decarbonising the planet. And to top it all off, they want the setting of personal levels of acceptable emissions and a new definition of a fair share of personal emissions to enter the lexicon. Nothing to worry about there at all, is there? Now... If you are a conspiracy theorist, which is actually the name the left give to those who can predict the future with remarkable accuracy, you might think this is all happening by design. I mean, the WEF have been upfront about their gender for us. WEF founder Klaus Schwab even wrote about it in a book entitled The Great Reset. That's where you'll own nothing and be happy. And we do see a global coordination of attacks on our way of life, on our customs, our morals and our values. Now, these attacks are levied on nation states as well who oppose this agenda by extraordinary and what I consider to be illegal sanctions of those governments and of individuals residing there. Our Anglosphere leaders, they're meant to be the ones representing the free world. Well, they're also pushing global censorship and global taxation. They are weaponising law enforcement and tax collectors against those who resist. And these same leaders celebrate movements that rely on deceit and destruction and chaos to divide society, while a largely compliant media mostly report only the official interpretation of events. These agents of political change are now so emboldened they will happily lie, and they seem to have no fear of being exposed. That's why they seem happy to misrepresent everything from war to science, from economics to biology, in order to condition you to actually accept what is unacceptable. Now, these things had been done before our very eyes, and yet most people refuse to see it. Yeah, well, um, that's because they control the media, and they they realize that they have a bigger mouthpiece than you, and so therefore they control academic, they control all the news uh, papers, they control the mainstream media, they control it all with the money. Where is the money coming from? You. They're spending your money that you spend on everyday goods and enrich these 
the 90% of those corporations that are owned by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, and that, you know, basically BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard have a fiduciary duty to their shareholders. And so, therefore, if they don't cooperate with the World Economic Forum, they will be... um, they will be uh, excluded from participating or practicing business in certain governments. Just like people who want, or corporations that want to do business in China. And China is very selective as to who gets to do business and attract, you know, and engage with the 1.5 billion people they have there. And India also acts as a gatekeeper. Knowing full well that if they can get access to the market, they have the money and the leverage to make a lot of profit. Well, you know, the problem is, is that here we have these politicians that have been uh, elected because they've been financed and groomed and conditioned through the World Economic Forum. They are now in charge, the Trudeaus and the Bidens and all these corrupt oligarchs and the people that can take down governments now through their you know, exposure to corruption, like a Menendez or a Biden. And this is the problem. The problem is, is that the governments are basically, they have con- the governments have compromise all over them. And they have to do what the corporations tell them to do. And the corporations also know that they have to control the governments and in order to play ball in those countries. But then once that happens, they get the money from you, the people, and they take that money and they control everything, academics. And that's why we allow these corporate monies to flood academia, news, advertising dollars, prop up Super Bowls and big events all over the world, and you end up getting a monster like this, Yuval Noah Harari. Remember what they said. They said that uh, what the, you just heard the guy say was COVID was a an experiment, not, not, not um, COVID, they, what they learned and gleaned from COVID was that the social responsibility architecture they learned what the thresholds are, and now they can perfect it with the next endeavor. It's not an extremely deadly virus. It's not the black... This is the chief advisor to Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari. It's not an extremely deadly virus. It's not the Black Death, and look what it's doing to the world. So now just try to think what will be the implications of a much bigger... Uh, problem like climate change. Also, conceptually, it shows that, um, and here I completely agree with you, Ratko, that it shows you that you can change things on a massive scale. That, um, again, you can stop all flights. You can lock down entire countries. You can actually do that. And uh, life goes on in some way. And this, I would say, may make us more open to radical ideas about how to deal also with climate change.
He just said it out loud, right? <laughs> That's what he's saying right there. It's, it's absolutely insane that people were watching this train wreck. So I told you about the Ukraine Azov battalion. This is the uh, exchange from Brett Baer to Zelensky. I want to have have you clear something up for us. Uh, and this is these reports about the Azov battalion that is said to be Nazi affiliated organization operating as a militia in your country, uh, said to be committing their own atrocities. What should Americans know about that unit, about those res reports? So Azov was one of those many battalions. They are what they are. They were defending our country. And later I want to explain to you. Everything uh, from uh, all the components of those volunteer battalions later uh, were um, incorporated into the, the military of Ukraine. Those uh, Azov uh, fighters are no longer self-established uh, uh, group. They are a component of the Ukrainian military. So we bought them out. <laughs> but they're Nazis. And we're willing to do business with the Nazis. It, it's absolutely absurd. You know, but uh, that doesn't make the problem go away. All right, breaking FBI, not Trump, guilty of Russian collusion. You can't make this up. In fact, the guy in charge of the investigation, uh, former FBI agent Charles McConnell, pleads guilty for hiding payments from Russians. He investigated the 2016 Trump campaign for alleged ties to Moscow. What a coincidence. Let's take a listen. Breaking just moments ago, former FBI agent Charles McGonigal has pled guilty to covering up payments from a source. He pled guilty in a separate case last month to working with a Russian oligarch who was under U.S. sanctions. That is not allowed. McGonigal ran the FBI's counterintelligence division, reportedly had a role in launching the investigation into former President Trump. What a story. <laughs> Everything is coming out that proves, you know, Every conspiracy theory is just coming true. Like, take this one, for example. Um, Marina Abramovich is now is scheduled to be the ambassador for Ukraine. The American ambassador to Ukraine is none other than the flesh-eating, child-trafficking Marina Abramovich. And, um, you know, the... the just unbelievable. You know, the things that she has done and the thing, you know, she's supposed to be this artist that's paints in blood and does these rituals and things like that. This was actually qu quite a fun. Um, no, we're not going to play this one today, but this is kind of fun to listen to. I, I could play audio. I have a lot of audio clips. I could probably do a 10 hour show today, but in any case, Let's um, let's just take a listen to Congressman Troy Nels. He's kind of funny. What is a confidential human source? Well, it's a, a 
It's an FBI term. I don't know all the technicality, but right. it's... Here, let me define it for you. It's in your own policy here. Okay. An individual who is believed to be providing useful and credible information to the FBI from any authorized information collection activity and from whom what the FBI expects or intends to obtain additional useful and credible information in the future. All right? And whose identity uh, information or relationship with the FBI warrants confidential handling. So these guys are individuals. You pay them $42 million a year. Did you know that? The, the, the IG said you're paying these sources $42 million a year. Did you know that? I know informants are It's $42 million a year. So do you believe that they're credible? They're valuable? The FBI is using these guys. We're paying them a lot of money. Would you agree with that? I agree. Some are more Very credible. good. So they're more credible. credible you're than paying others. them a lot of money. You've got a lot of them out there. So let me paint the picture for America. Hunter Biden joins Burisma in 2014. Burisma, very, very corrupt Ukrainian energy company. He has no experience in oil and gas. He admits it. I don't have any experience. I know why I'm there. <laughs> I have a dad. Troy now. I have with Texas. me a document called the FD-1023. Have you seen this? You're yes, familiar sir. with it? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I it's used by it. the FBI, everybody in America. It's used by the FBI. It is a confidential human source reporting document dated June 2020. You're familiar with it. In this document, the FBI's confidential human source says Burisma, now the corrupt company, needed to keep Hunter on the board so everything would be okay. And according to the human source, they hired Hunter Biden to, quote, protect us through his dad for all kinds of problems. Mr. Gardelin, does that concern you? The okay, it should. I got limited time. Remember, your sources are credible, trustworthy, honest, and valuable. Are you familiar with Victor Shokin? The document that you're Who is talking? Mr. Victor Shokin? So I got three minutes left. You want me to answer that? Yeah, Victor Shokin. Who is he? I, I don't know. Do you want okay, me to answer he's the, the first prosecutor, question? folks. He's the prosecutor that was, he, he oversees all the corruption in Ukraine. We know there's corruption over there. For the American people watching, after a few months, a few months after Hunter Biden joined the Burisma board, Victor Shokin was named Prosecutor General for Ukraine to target corruption. And one of his investigations was into Burisma. In this FD-1023 document, the human source clarified that Burisma's CEO, the man in charge of Burisma, said he has many text messages and recordings that show he was coerced to make such payment to ensure Victor Shokin was fired. Matter of fact, there were 17 of them. Mr. Garland, it's clear. Joe Biden wanted Shokin fired so he would stop looking into Burisma, where Hunter was on the board. Would you agree? <laughs> of course, Merrick Garland's going to act like a stupid idiot, and uh, I don't know what you're talking about. In any case, we have a corrupt banana republic government, and we shouldn't be paying them any money until they straighten their act up. Would you agree? In any case, uh, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out org. Make a donation if you can to help keep The Scott Adams Show commercial free. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com, and we'll see you next time. Just to bury my kids right up there.